0: What's up everybody? It's Itisha Banks with the Gathering Place Podcast. We are here today with Danielle Townsend Brinson, my longtime friend, super colleague, colleague, wonderful woman of all things, knowledgeable with law and not to be caught in the street doing random stuff. She is a mother and a wife and a caregiver and we are here today to talk about her origin story, to kind of talk about her definition of success, um, talk about uh, when God reroutes you and sends you elsewhere and how yes. God can show you what it is that he really wants you to do in the time when you think that you're supposed to be doing something else. We're also going to talk about family, sacrifice to success, doing things to make sure that you are covering your family and 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 developing your family in the season that god has you doing it so welcome danielle thank you so much for the wonderful introduction absolutely absolutely so i wanted to talk to you a little bit um just to kind of share your origin story um talking about you know how you grew up and what profession you decided to go into and all that other good stuff which kind of leads into conversation about success so tell us a little bit about yourself
1: well hello everyone my name is danielle townsend brinson i go by danny um so long story short at the age of eight i knew i wanted to practice law and um i grew up on the inner city of cleveland ohio uh i decided that i wanted to go pursue law even in high school so i did that in cleveland Uh, after that i went to uh, a local college here and then law school in the state of ohio Uh, After that, I graduated from law school and uh, decided to join a federal law enforcement agency in Washington, D.C. And I did that for about 14 years.
0: 14 years?
1: 14 years, uh, different um, positions and promotions. And... um, Recently resigned from my post in
0: August of 2018. Now make sure so that everybody can hear you. Make sure that you are right directly in your microphone because we don't want yes, to hear ma'am. any of this good good story. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Speaking to of <the> mic. <laughs> that's so sad.
1: Okay. So that's kind of a little short blurb of
0: how my career um, went and what I'm doing now. Okay. Okay. Cool beans. So you went into a federal law enforcement agency and so tell us about the most recent turn so after about 14 years
1: with um uh, serving as a federal public servant um i decided that i wanted to do something and i kind of shifted my priorities and uh, i wanted to spend more time with my family who was still located in ohio mm-hmm. I uh, at the time when I made this decision to resign I was down to two elderly uh, matriarchs my great aunt and my grandmother and they played a significant influence in my life and raising me so I wanted to enjoy them while they were still here Mm -hmm. after much prayer and much discussion with my husband Mm -hmm. uh, who was also from Ohio we decided that that would be a good decision so it, it wasn't a decision that was taken lightly. Mm-hmm. We made sure we prayed and we saved. Mm-hmm. Um, so I left a six-figure salary. Oh, wow. Six. And I was very comfortable in my uh, standard of living. Mm-hmm. And But I did that because that's how I was raised. It's all about family and sacrifice. So I did that. I resigned and relocated back to uh, the Midwest. And decided to open up my own law practice and I opened up my own law practice with the state of Ohio on October 25th of 2018 and that was significant for me because I paid homage to my deceased uncle and uh, that was his birthday so that was kind of me showing my uncle some love mm-hmm. through my elder law practice um, the goal Uh, was to pursue elder law and assist families in long-term care planning for nursing homes. It can be a very daunting task, very stressful, very overwhelming. So I wanted to kind of help that in in, in any respect that I could. Unbeknownst to me, my great aunt, one of the main reasons why I resigned from my position uh, was unfortunately diagnosed with a terminal illness, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't made aware of it. So when i launched my law practice october 25th on november 24th of 2018 my whole world changed i received my aunt's diagnosis or was informed i should say and she was diagnosed with stage 4 mm-hmm. pancreatic cancer and this is a great aunt who in tandem with my grandmother and my great aunt I mean, and my and my granddad raised me along with my parents so I got the diagnosis November 24th and my aunt unfortunately passed 7 weeks. But within those 7 weeks, I kicked in the high gear. Mm-hmm. I did put the uh, my practice in, on the back burner. I didn't nurture it like I wanted to, but I nurtured my aunt. And I was able to facilitate getting her in a nice hospice facility. Mm-hmm. I became her POA of healthcare. And basically, I wanted to ensure that she died in peace
0: and in dignity. There is something to be said about that. I know my family has our own story about how we were able to make sure that my mother wasn't by herself, that she Mm -hmm. was cared for and comfortable. You know, end of life is not even anything that anybody wants to try to do. But if you are able to care for your loved one to make sure that they are as comfortable as possible, you should you should step up and do it, which is exactly Exactly. what you did. Um, Talk to us a little bit about you know, you went through that whole thing and having come from a place where you had moved up the ladder, you know, you got several promotions and you were doing well in your job and you were in a good space, right? But very you good. made that decision to switch. So how did your perspective of success change in light of the sacrifices that you had to make?
1: Well, before my definition of success i must admit to everyone was a little bit materialistic i was uh very focused on climbing the career ladder mm-hmm. uh being known like anybody like anybody yeah. being being known to be ambitious and uh very intellectual um i am very assertive and very serious at work and i have set very high expectations for myself and the people that work around and for me um But over time, I've noticed that my priorities changed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Six figures is good. I'm not knocking anyone, if you make it, great. Um, But I wanted to focus on something differently. And um, being my grandmother and my great aunt, you gotta think, I was in Washington DC for 14 years. I have already buried one grandmother, one aunt and three uncles. Mm -hmm. So my family is dwindling very quickly in 14 years. So I wanted to spend some time with my family while I still have them, right? I can always get back the six figures. That's true.
0: That's true. I That's
1: only have true. one grandmother left as the matriarch of my family, and I spend as much time now with her in her uh
0: skilled nursing care facility. Let me let me let me talk about this for a second because I work with young people and people in general, mm-hmm. you know, we're at a stage in life where, you know, you're going to be taking care of parents and taking care of grandparents. Yes. There is this idea among people that are younger than us that just don't do that. They don't respect. They don't care for. They don't nurture. They don't. Yes. They just don't. And it, it it's baffling to me that they, it's almost like, You know, just because you're my grandmother, that doesn't mean anything. And just because you're my mother, that doesn't. I could never even imagine um, thinking that way. But there are people that do believe that and Mm -hmm. that do think that way and think that it's okay to be like that because they figure, well, you know, I got to live my life and I got to do what I got to do. But you only get one of these things. You get one parent, one mama, one daddy, (laughs) you know, that's it. what grandma and grandpa on both sides. Like people are not replaceable. Right. You know what I'm saying? People are not replaceable in relationships and time. You can't get back experiences. You can't get back being able to pour into somebody and have somebody pour into you. You can't get back. That's right. So I would urge any of our younger listeners and watchers to take stock in what is going on around you. If you right. have relatives that could use your assistance or people in your life that, you know, need additional support. And I know it's a burden. It, it could be heavy. It can be hard. It it's can be overwhelming. It can be overwhelming. But knowing that you were able to be there in that person's life at the point of their need hmm. is what the Lord wants us to do. He doesn't want that's us right. to have selfish ambition because he even talks about selfish selfish ambition and what that's happens right. to people when they have those things going on and how, you know, you got pride that's going to come before a fall. And if you, you know, have all these other things, you got your, your sights focused on other things, God is not pleased. So we do have to make sure that we're in a position Yes. To foster that love and care and respect for those in our family. Our culture is crumbling because we don't regard the elderly. We don't regard that's right people that are um you know, healthcare of course is always around, so there's always gonna be people in hospitals and stuff like that, but the care that's required for those people and the care that's required for people that mm-hmm. are in need, people just don't care anymore. But I think some of that also, Tisha, is because
1: of values. Yeah. Um. Everyone has different values and they place uh different emphasis on what those values are. You know, we were raised, you know, you respect the elderly. So while I had some people when I made the decision to resign from federal employment, everyone couldn't receive that. Man, everyone couldn't receive it. What's up with um, that? Like, why that? Why are you in my life? Because exactly. <laughs> can I live? So let's learn. Uh, don't share your dream with everyone Ooh, because not everyone will respect or support. And I kept getting asked, "Are you sure? Are you? Do you know what you're leaving? What you
0: gonna do next? Is
1: your husband okay with it?" And I'm like, "That's the main one. He's the head of household. He's the main one that must be okay with yeah. it." Um But family is also important to him. Yeah. You know, so I just think people have different values. I'ma tell you one thing though. Being home and being able to help my my aunt for those seven weeks, even though she was in hospice, I'm the one to wash the clothes. I volunteered to do her clothes, I brought her food, I got all the to- all the toiletries, all her clothes, every anything she needed, I got. And if I had to do it again today, wouldn't trade a moment of it. I couldn't imagine being in Washington, DC getting a call that she had passed. Because remember, I didn't know about the diagnosis when I resigned in August. Right. So there's something to be said. But that's what she instilled in me. At the end of the day, like my son used to say about money when he was younger. I have an 8-year-old. When he was younger, he used to refer to money as green rectangles. At the end of the day, it's a green rectangle that, guess what, y'all? You can't take with you when you, you when God calls you.
0: you. When he calls you, when your number... When you, when your soul is required, I'm telling you,
1: my aunt passed. Her money is still in her checking account. Mm. So you mm. got to shift the priorities on what's more important. That's true. Those seven weeks, and I'm 41 years old, those seven weeks will be forever etched in my memory and in my heart. Yeah. It's a good thing. You can't put a price tag on
0: that. You talked about your son. So you're a mother, Daniel. Remember when we were younger and we was <laughs> doing all kind of random foolishness? And now you have a whole son. Yes. <laughs> you have a whole son. Yes. And so I know being a mother changes everything for everybody. Being a mother, I'm I'm gonna be a mother soon. Not yet, y'all. Don't don't jump off the bandwagon like, yet. Yeah, it's coming. Just I know out, that's out, right. Like, I know that's right. Here. But how does how has being a mother shaped your world view of what's important like I got several several things in this question so like motherhood in 2019 is different from motherhood you know in 2000 uh, 1989 and 1979 when Karen and Jeanette was doing it you know right (laughs) we were babies It's way different right so now you have a son that you're raising in this new millennium and you know, everything is different, exposures are different, yeah are different. Yes. Um, the things that you want him to be around, all that's different from when you came up. So you have to adjust your thinking in that way. So we want to talk about mothering in 2019. Okay. And some things that you've noticed a shift in you personally as you raise your son.
1: So mothering in 2019, um, can I keep it real? Please do. We it's, prefer that. It's scary.
0: Yeah.
1: It's scary. We are entering some unknown charter, uh, some unchartered territory. A lot with our children these days, there are more people trying to cause harm mm-hmm. uh, to children than, at least my own personal opinion, than what we had uh, back in the past. But I find myself, I am very protective of my son. Yeah. Whereas um, when I was growing up, I could go to a sleepover. You go to, sleep, you go to the corner store. You could do that. Well, and, and I did do that cuz my dad wanted some uh, cigarettes. <laughs> but um can you that. <laughs> so, but now in 2019, he's not doing the sleepover. Yeah, and no sleepovers. and guess what? We're not hosting any. No. Because you don't know what kids are exposed to in their households. Yeah and i don't want my son exposed to things that he may not be familiar with yeah. um he's already exposed to enough my god in school and quite frankly he was exposed to a lot in preschool mm. you know i found myself explaining some 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 topics and concepts to my son at the age of 4 that i never thought i would have to explain they were they were very difficult so my level of creativity has also uh, expanded mm-hmm. um now because he's uh my son is very inquisitive mm-hmm. he he asks a lot of questions mm-hmm. just like I did I'm as a crazy. child I think he's a little little like you yeah, yeah. He, he will ask and so he doesn't just take what you say he digs into the why he he is one who reasons a lot even at his age so i am very protective of him um th- things that i'm more concerned about now uh this this, this internet, the this, this social media, the bullying. Um, we've had, Is he on social media? He is not on social media, but I there am. There are
0: some kids his age that are. There are a lot
1: of kids on social media, and you see the impact of some of the negativity that is displayed on social media, and you have kids uh, resorting to suicide, young children mm-hmm. in the single digits. So I am very cognizant. Now, we allow him to have his tablets, but... My husband and I we make sure we know his internet history because he's been able to read since he was two, mm-hmm. so he knows how to read and plug enter and I mean he's very smart, but we also tell him what isn't what uh topics are inappropriate. Mm-hmm. We look at what he looks at, you know so the internet um and then the, the how the the criminality uh element I'm, people are so brazen now. They were very, much so. very brazen. So Trey has uh, a severe case of stranger danger uh, that my husband and I have instilled in him since he was a baby. If he don't know you, he's I'm not going to walk
0: up to you. That makes me want to laugh out loud because I know. <laughs> I, already, I already know. He Trey said stranger to who are you. I he, have no conversations. Not, he's I'm not, not like it. he's
1: he, he won't speak. Yeah. He'll look at you and he'll grab either my hand or his father's hand.
0: Seneca and I talked about that, like, just not to go off topic too much, but you know how uh, when I was younger, at least, you know, if we were meeting somebody new or if my mother had us introducing to somebody, she would like, say, go give them a hug, go shake their hand. Right. You know, and it would be, they knew who the person was or whatever. And, you know, you reluctantly went over there. You didn't want to go for whatever reason. But Seneca and I said if it's a person that our children do not want to say hello to, That's not right. to the point of rudeness, but children can pick up on things. They can read. Stuff. And if they don't want to be around somebody, and if they're like, oh, Mom, "I don't want to go over there," I don't feel that. Like listen, you're not going forcing through. your kid to hug somebody, shake somebody's hand. I know it's controversial. It's all about respect. I, I trust me. I'm mm-hmm. chief when it comes to respect. My sisters know. I say children do what I tell them to do. You're going to do what I told you to do. However, you have to be conscious. They have to have a level of unfortunately there's no time to allow them to just be children right they have to enact that discernment that they have they have to engage that if they have a second thoughts about something and they have to know yeah if it's a stranger somebody you don't know you got to be careful that's right you got to be careful and if, if your is telling you we're here to go over so-and-so's house and i don't really i don't go you know not to the point of wanting i'm just that's just something that i wanted to talk about a little bit because i know coming up we didn't have a choice if my mother told me to go speak to somebody had to go speak right But, you know, not to the point of disrespect, but, you know, you have to listen to your children and also allow them to know the difference between safe people and unsafe people. And also that discernment
1: also transcends into the academic. Mm -hmm. So even in preschool, my husband and I, we make it a conscientious effort to have discussions with our son when we get home. How was school today? Who did what? Who said what? Um, we want to make sure that he recognizes, number one, we care. Yeah. You know, just because they're kids don't mean that they don't, you know, they don't have stressors. Yeah. I want to know how my sons, and I do that every day, uh, still to this day. Um, and it gives them also an opportunity to learn how to express themselves, um, and to clearly articulate what is going on so that you can recognize, wait, wait a minute, that shouldn't have been said, or that shouldn't have been done, but you build that trust. Now, you know, so I... It, it's, it's important that we, you know, teach him the stranger danger because he would just look at you like, I don't have nothing for you. But, um, but also we teach him discernment in the school setting. Yeah. You know, just because everyone else, these young kids, may say certain words or do certain things, that doesn't make it okay. Right,
0: right, right. Um, I know that we kind of talked a little bit about your transition from – your job mm-hmm. in dc to coming home but can you kind of tell us a, let's talk about a little bit about marriage mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. job family yes. children so now let's talk about marriage so let me just say shout out to my husband hey babe shout out to Tony um, Tony.
1: <laughs> i have a terrific husband and a arch supporter of my dreams sometimes i get scared I'm like i don't know if i want to Branch out on my own. I don't know if I can do it. And he's like, "You can do it. You can do." It. And he, he pushes me, mm-hmm. and I I need I needed that. Um, one thing we did not anticipate with this move back uh, to the Midwest was the fact that he wouldn't be joining us. When you told me that, you could have knocked me over with a feather. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that we had feather. contingency plans put in place, but we just erroneously assumed that he would be able to. Uh, get positions here yeah. and be similarly situated or made less pay. Mm-hmm. We never imagined in our wildest dreams that he wouldn't be able to acquire mm-hmm. employment here. And I will say this, uh, not all selecting officials or hiring officials can appreciate the fact that someone is willing to make fifty, sixty thousand dollars 60000
0: Yeah.
1: Even when my husband says it's for family. Yeah. Based on, like... Not everyone can relate to that or appreciate that. And I think yeah. sometimes we can be seen as a professional threat. You want to come here and make less money? You want my threat. job. I'm a professional You threat. want my job, so yeah. we're just going <laughs> to pass you over. Yeah, which is whack. Which is very whack. Like, but well, hello? But like I said, you know, I, I'm seeing now that life is one big GPS Yes, it is. And I may have thought that I was going to take this one route to get to this destination, which was my law practice, Mm -hmm. but sometimes God will reroute Mm -hmm. and he'll recalculate and you just got to go with the flow. Um, This has been a hard year uh, for my husband and quite frankly, the impact on our son, who's very close to his dad and a hard impact on me. I'm not used to doing things. By myself here. Cause she's
0: been married for thirteen years.
1: Thirteen years,
0: yeah.
1: Next next month, so we are now in the process of, 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 in the process of resetting mm-hmm. the priorities. So family is very important, but also our nuclear family is very important. Mm-hmm. So uh, my son and I are in the process of relocating back to the Mid Atlantic to rejoin my husband, and we have committed ourselves to spending more time here in Ohio. Mm-hmm uh to spend time with our families but we would do it as a family
0: unit as a family unit i can't imagine like even even at a midpoint like this you've been married for for 13 years um spending an entire year and some people have done more different circumstances people are military right. blah 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 right but it affects you personally because it's your marriage and so you've spent that time away from your husband and all those things are affected like you know your emotional relationship your intimate yeah. relationship yeah. your spiritual relationship all that stuff is affected you know but God kept it it could have went a different way I'm, <laughs> the, the Lord kept I'm serious yeah for real I'm serious yeah, yeah.
1: I'm telling we are uh stronger now than what we've ever been because we had to be yeah and then quite quite frankly shout out to our eight year- old son shout out to Trey. this is something that has been very um Shocking for him, but he has yet excelled in, mm-hmm. in school. And when I was pregnant, I made a commitment to my son. Mommy and daddy, will you will see us when you wake up, and you will see us when you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. That was a promise I couldn't really keep this past year. Mm-hmm. However, thanks to advances in technology, I couldn't <laughs> keep the promise physically, but we sure enough kept the promise electronically. Yeah, that's good. So, Uh, We a lot of FaceTiming, a lot of phone chats and phone calls and stuff like that. And then my husband still visited, you know, when he could. So I am
0: grateful for the advances in our digital era. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Okay. We're going to be wrapping up soon, but I wanted to know if we could kind of talk for real, for real. Like, Okay. okay. So you held a government position. Yes. All right. I honestly can't even imagine, like. I endure stress as a principal. I can't even imagine, you know what I'm saying? The Just Washington overall. Yes. Is, you know, government being such as it is. And I'm not a politician. I don't typically speak about politics. I don't even like to talk about it, mm-hmm. you know, in just casual conversation because so many people have so many different viewpoints. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about the challenges that you had to overcome to succeed in the role that you had and how you had to leverage your faith, your gender sometimes and your intellect, you know, to, to move up in the sector that you were in. And I know that that's something that you've already overcome. You've done it, you've moved past that, but can you talk a little bit about how you were able to really be successful in the position that you were in?
1: Well, one thing I had to do was learn to be Um, open-minded. Going from the Midwest uh, to Washington DC where everyone has an opinion about everything. Oh, everybody has uh, something to say. Everyone has something to say. <laughs> okay. And then I found myself initially um, not being too receptive mm-hmm. and being a little bit combative. Mm-hmm. And then I had Not to, you, now You're combative? Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but then, then I learned, you know, and, and the funny thing is, I carry a pocket constitution with me all the time. So First Amendment
0: freedom of speech is very important to me. But, Wait, stop, 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 stop. Is this a real thing, or are you using like a, a, a metaphor? Do you literally carry a pocket constitution? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I keep a pocket
1: constitution.
0: So, a pocket constitution? Article three is my favorite article because it's the creation of the
1: federal court system. <laughs> okay. But anyway, but um, I I've learned that yes, my uh, my opinion is exactly that mine. Yeah. And I have to respect the opinions of others, whether I agree with it or not, because okay. we have they have that right constitutionally speaking. So, um. That's one thing I had to become open-minded. Mm-hmm. Also, I had to get the chip off my shoulder when okay. I when I went to DC. Now, what kind of chip did you have on your shoulder? Were you mad? I, you... I wasn't mad. I had a I had an academic smartness chip. Oh. I thought because. I was doing good in college. I did pretty well in, in law school. It's a in high school. You really couldn't tell me too much academically. i sure you
0: couldn't. Can nobody tell you that?
1: Now? Uh, no. And then, <laughs> then you moved to Washington D.C. And then people ask you, "Where is Ohio?" Oh, Northern. And I'm like, the northern part of Ohio. But, uh, but you see, a lot of people are smart. hmm Yeah. A lot of people got law degrees. Yeah, from a
0: from a big fish
1: in a small pond.
0: Yeah. Exactly. A small
1: fish. Yeah. In a yeah, big pond. Feeling. So. Um everybody I mean every a lot of people have law degrees. So mm-hmm. what, what, what made me so much better than them? So my takeaway uh from what I had to leverage to get me through was that I'm not there because I have degrees. Mm-hmm. I'm not there because I'm smart. I'm there because my creator placed me there. Yes, he did. It's called favor. You know, I'm an inner city girl, you know what I'm saying? From Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And I went way off to DC because of his favor. And the intellect, the being smart, and all that—I have to give credit where credit is due. Also to my grandmother; I've she's had me read books and learn perfect writing, how to articulate myself since I was a child, and I do that to this day. I read a book every three months, um, and we, we we make sure our son do, do the same thing. Um, but no, I had to, you know, leverage knowing who I was and whose I was. Mm-hmm. Because you can't go in there thinking that you're better than anybody else. Because there's always going to be someone smarter. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, you know, more engaged, more resourceful, more connected. I mean, it's Washington,
0: D.C. I know. I can't even imagine. I didn't know anybody. I can't even imagine. <laughs> I mean, it's D.C. And it's like people that have gone there, lived there, grew up there. Like, you talk about connections and stuff. But you're right. You have to go in knowing who you are and whose you are. Whose you are.
1: So, I will say I've had some great um, managerial... Uh, uh, supervisors and stuff like that in the agency that I worked for, who allowed me to flourish, um, who allowed me to blossom, and there was a little bit of me having to prove myself, mm-hmm. um, you know, to to prove that I was, you know, worth what the federal taxpayers were paying. Mm-hmm. And I took that job, I took it very seriously because it, you know, it, it, you all paid for our salaries, mm-hmm. so we have to take it seriously. We took, I took my job very seriously, but. It, it was a great experience and um, just, you know, knowing who I was in terms of my Heavenly Father. Amen.
0: I have a question and you can, you can answer it or not answer it. What's the scariest thing you encountered in D.C.?
1: The earthquake of 2011.
0: Was the earthquake of 2011? Yes,
1: it was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was a quick answer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the earthquake, um, and it was scary because my husband is also a, a, a federal worker in D.C. We were both at work, and um, I think my, my sister-in-law was in town. She was watching uh, her kids and our our son, who was a baby, and the earthquake hit, and there was no transportation in and out. Cell phones went out. I couldn't find I an I ATM. I finally found one ATM, but the, so it was just, so I had uh, one colleague, from ever since then, one colleague told me, always keep. Um he told me to keep a particular amount of money in my wallet and in small bills. Uh but the earthquake earthquake in twenty eleven and the government shut down. The
0: government shut in twenty thirteen and twenty eighteen uh twenty eighteen. I could imagine that the government shut down. But you still had to go to work. I did, yes. Yeah, you still to go to work. Yes. Thanks to our the great policies of our great nation. Okay, we we got manage. our pay. Okay, we but we did. we did
1: we eventually get back pay. Okay, that's yeah. good. That's good
0: stuff. Well, Danielle, thank you so much for coming. I appreciate it. It was such an honor, my I'm friend. so glad you came. Me too. Well, thanks everybody for listening. This is the Gathering Face Podcast. Please be sure to click like and to subscribe and to comment in the boxes below. We'll be sure to share all of our links. You can find us on um, Anchor FM if you want to listen to the podcast. Of course, we have our YouTube page, T-Spot Workshop. And please be sure to just let us know what you think. Thank you again, Danielle. We appreciate you and your time. Thanks again, everybody, for watching. Have a great one. Bye.